Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Happy Friday to you, Ben Ferguson with you tonight. I'll be filling in for Mark Levin, who's under the weather. Hopefully he will be back with you on Monday. And uh, I was laughing earlier today because, uh, you, you know, I, I don't know, the stars align, whatever you want to call it. Uh, today's been a crazy day. There has been um, a lot of press today uh, dealing with me and my job as a commentator at CNN. And uh, there were some hit pieces that were put on me and really just kind of stupid stuff from, from Media Matters, which is... Uh, the, the lynchmen of the Democratic Party. I mean, these are the these are the the the, the kingpins of uh, w- wanting to silence people that have a different opinion than they have. Uh, Media Matters only exists literally because of crazy leftist rich people who want to do everything they can to silence any conservative. And whichever conservative gets big or starts to blow up, they come in to attack them. It's just how they do business. They wouldn't exist if it wasn't for these people that give them money. And basically what they try to do is they try to silence conservative people by putting, I call it trophy hunting. You get a conservative head, you get to silence them, you stick their head on the wall and you claim victory and then you go out and you fundraise on this. Literally, Media Matters wouldn't exist if it wasn't for this being their business model. I, I've never really responded to them before because I honestly didn't care. Uh, I, I know the game, right? It's, it's, it goes back to that saying, if a big tree falls in the forest and no one hears it, did it really even happen? And why would I bring attention to them? I, I mean, it's in, it, it doesn't matter to me. It really doesn't. Uh, until what's happened over the last several months. So I'm going to deal with that at the in the next hour, uh, depending on where you are in the country. At the top of the next hour, I will respond specifically uh, to this Hollywood Reporter uh, article that came out dealing with me today, what I do on TV. Uh, so there, there's your heads up on that one. And I'll be, I'm going to respond to Media Matters uh, for America is what they call themselves. Uh, I might as well call it Media Matters, you know, anti-American, anti-free speech, uh, anti-freedom group. That's what they really are, and I will explain it to you coming up in the next hour. Now, this also ties into something else that we're seeing now in this country. There was an interesting op-ed written about how it's now basically cool to silence anyone that is a conservative that happens to support Trump at any point. It has become cool to destroy people who support the president. We've seen this, for example, recently. Uh, we've seen this with the brothers, the twins from down in Texas and San Antonio. One of them uh, is running for 
president. The other one's a congressman. And what they've done is they put out these hit lists, and I know that, you know, Mark's talked about this on this show, uh, basically trying to shame people and destroy their businesses because you gave money to Donald Trump. Literally because you gave money to Donald Trump. Now, this new tolerance has gotten to, or lack of tolerance has gotten to a new disgusting level. Proof of it is a quote from AOC. Uh, She has come out and said that President Trump supporters are flat out, as she put it, racist. Just racist. There's no in-between. You're you're a racist. That's what you are. You are a racist. You're either a racist or, or if you support Donald Trump, you're racist. Anyone that supports Donald Trump is a racist. Take a listen to AOC in her own words about grouping everyone that supported the president into the category of being a racist. Here it is. Trump becomes president, and there's this debate about, you know, are Trump voters racist? And Mm -hmm. clearly, you see the rallies, you see some of the stuff online, and there's racism there. And then I wonder, like, I I don't necessarily want to vilify people who vote for Trump, but at the Mm -hmm. same time, you also need to call racism out. And I don't Mm -hmm. know how... Even beyond Trump, I don't know how we ever sort of piece this back together. Or where are the spaces for these conversations? Mm-hmm. It's, it's not Twitter. <laughs> no, it's certainly not. Yeah. Well, first of all, I think the biggest mistake that we have, mm-hmm. and it's a trap that gets set by the right, whether intentionally or unintentionally, is just the frame of asking, is blank racist? That is something that we have to pull ourselves out of. It's not about asking whether Trump voters are racist. We need to talk about racism, Mm. not racists. Racists, it's a very two-dimensional, boring conversation. Is something racist? Yes or no. And then you debate it. What do you do do about that? We need to talk about racism, its contours, its histories, where it manifests, how it's used. Because like all winning political phenomena, whether they're good or bad, in your opinion, they rely on coalition building. So Trump relied on a coalition and a core part of that coalition were racists building a coalition with all sorts of other people that could be susceptible to racist views if they were blanketed and layered and made people feel good about it not being a racist thing. And so there are a lot of people who support Trump that genuinely don't believe that they are racist um, because we do not talk about or educate people on recognizing racism. Mm -hmm. And because we do not do that, um, it it just allows itself to just we get caught in this debate of is something racist and then a person uses their defensiveness and they say, well, it's not racist because I'm not racist and I believe this thing because it's economic in nature. Right. Recap that, AOC. The bottom line is, if you support Donald Trump, no matter what you believe, even if it's on a single issue, basically, you're a racist and everyone around you is a racist. This is what has happened in this country right now is that they are at the point where they can no longer debate the economy. They can't debate foreign policy. They, they, they can't debate anything because they figured it out. What you do is you just go after the jugular as soon as you meet somebody and you, they say to you, you say, you know, as soon as they meet you. I mean, this is now instant. 
Oh, you support Trump, so you're racist. That's not all. MSNBC had a conversation about Trump supporters. Remember, this is basically 50% of America is what we're talking about right here. 50% of America. An MSNBC analyst has now likened Trump supporters to members of a terrorist organization. Take a listen to this. Well, I think one of the things, Frank Fagluzzi, is that this president has always, from anyone who is around him, Anthony Scaramucci knows this as well as anybody else, demanded this blind loyalty, right? I say it, it must be so, or even if you don't think it's so, you don't criticize me for it. Well, this is why it's so important to look through the, the lens of radicalization when you look at this president and, and then apply counter-radicalization techniques. Because you're right, um, attacking his followers is, is going to be counterproductive. He demands that loyalty, and they are loyal. So if you call Trump followers racist and mass, they simply coalesce around each other and become even more defensive and protective of the leader just as they would in, say, a terrorist organization to compare to the radicalization process. So we're now terrorist organization. You look at the headlines, Los Angeles Times op-ed. Why do Trump supporters deny the racism that seems to so evident to Democrats? Trump and racism, Brookings Institution. What do the data say? The limits of Trump's white identity politics headline from the Atlantic. This is these are the headlines that have come out of these groups because this is now what it's turned into. There is the the left. And I want to remind you this because this plays into my response coming up in the next hour uh, to this Hollywood reporter uh, piece that I was in today that has blown up on social media and brought in this grand debate uh, about the tolerance. Remember, the left is the, is supposed to be the party that is the most tolerant of alternative lifestyles. They're the party that is, say, that is the champion of anybody that has a unique perspective. They are the party that comes out and says, you need to be understanding and tolerant of gay marriage, of you need to be tolerant of abortion, you need to be a tolerant of people that advocate or understand terrorist organizations like Hamas and Hezbollah. You need to be understanding of Al-Qaeda members and ISIS members and see their perspective. You need to be uh, understanding and tolerant of the governor of Virginia who's advocating for killing a child outside the womb and infanticide. You need to be tolerant of whatever we tell you. You can no longer debate the idea of sexuality in this country, and I'm not talking about LGBT, I'm talking about literally transgender, the issue of transgender. This, these are the people that say you have to accept any human being who says they are an opposite sex, even though if biologically that is impossible. And if you don't accept that, they now hate you. We're not even having a debate in this country anymore over policy. The left has decided to walk away from policy, having a grand debate over ideas, having a grand debate over policy, having a civilized debate. They have now decided that their goal and objective is to literally destroy the lives of a conservative and any conservative out there that is an advocate for anything they disagree with. 
That is why groups like Media Matter exist that come after me. That is why you see the extremism coming from the Castro brothers, where they they say that basically all Trump supporters are racists or some sort of terrorist if you support the president. That's why you see these headlines that you just easily can find day after day after day. The Atlantic, again, their headline, The Limits of Trump's White Identity Politics. Brookings Institute, Trump and Racism, what does do the data say? Los Angeles Times, op-ed, Why did Trump supporters deny that ra- the racism that seems so evident to Democrats three days ago? Anger at being labeled racist is the new cultural anxiety for Trump supporters. The Washington Post. There's another article in The Atlantic entitled, We're All Tired of Being Called Racist. At Donald Trump rallies, these attendees are saying this. Washington Post, five days ago, the brand label that stokes Trump's fury. Racist, racist, racist. The New Republic, Trump and his deplorables. NPR, Trump's racist language. Constituents react with fury and shrugs. I mean, you go on and on, and these are over the last days. One after another. Rasmussen poll has come out saying 49% of Democrats think Trump voters are racist. Goes back to what I said. We are now at a point where AOC and these other extremist groups who claim that they they, they just want people to be tolerant of their ideas. Their idea that rich people are evil. The idea that everyone should be guaranteed a job. The idea that everyone should be paid $15 an hour, which, by the way, they've now claimed they've changed it to $20 an hour after they passed $15 an hour minimum wage in the House. These are the people that say, well, I can't be friends with you on social media. I can't work with you. I can't break bread with you. There's no longer civilized. We no longer live in a civilized culture in this country when it comes to the left. Because 49% of all Democrats say you are a racist if you voted for Trump. You're a terrorist organization. You're, you're white supremacists. You are KKK members. We're not, we, are, we, we, have, we have lost all civility in this country. You want to know why I, I don't spend much time responding to, and this is my point, to these, these, these groups, which their entire... I mean, think think about this for a second. Think about how bad of a, a of a journalist, a writer you have to be that the only way you can make a living is to be hired to try to destroy people's lives because they don't agree with your opinion. There's no there's no there's no room for debate. There's no respecting anyone. There are people out there that say Ben Ferguson should never have a voice on TV because I don't like what he says. pretty sure that's what they do in socialist and fascist countries. There are people that believe that the great one, Mark Levin, should be silenced. And they will not stop till he is silenced because they disagree with his perspective. I have never in my career ever gone on the radio or on TV trying to get someone silenced or fired. That's the difference. I have no problem having a grand debate with a liberal. I have no problem having a grand debate with someone who disagrees with me. The left has now officially declared war 
on anybody that does what I do, anybody that has a different opinion. There is no longer time for debate in this country with the left, and you are now a terrorist if you support this president. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one. Mark Levin will be right back. Mark Levin. Since its founding in 1844, Hillsdale College has provided students with sound learning of the kind essential to preserving our civil and religious liberty. Now, I want to tell you about Imprimus, the free monthly speech digest of Hillsdale College. Imprimus is dedicated to educating citizens and promoting civil and religious liberty by covering important cultural, economic, political, and educational issues. First published in 1972, Imprimus is one of America's most widely read publications in support of liberty. With more subscribers, 3.9 million, than the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times. And recent Imprimus publications have addressed issues like free speech, the regulation of big tech, mental illness, and the American medical insurance system. And because America's founding principles are so important, Hillsdale offers Imprimus absolutely free of charge to anyone who requests it. That's right. You can subscribe to Imprimus for free. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to visit imprimus.hillsdale.edu for your free subscription. That's Imprimus, I-M-P-R-I-M-I-S dot Hillsdale dot E-D-U. Welcome to Hillsdale. All right, welcome back. It is the Ben Ferguson Show. It is really nice to have you with us uh, this uh, afternoon. And uh, I'm filling in for the great one, Marco Venn, tonight. He is out sick. He will be back with you on Monday. It's always an honor to fill in for Mark. We're talking about right now about the, there, there, is, there is no political discourse in this country of real debate over topics anymore of importance. It's done. It's over. The left has walked away, and they have said, we are going to be the party that solely just stares at you and name calls you. I'll give you a great example. Julian Castro is defending his brother who tweeted out what, what amounts to a hit list, a, a literal hit list of donors who gave money to Donald Trump. In a sit-down interview, he sat down with a local KSAT 12 News anchor on the campaign trail in Iowa today. And Democratic presidential candidate Julian Castro defended his twin brother, who has faced criticism from conservatives for a tweet he posted naming 44 donors in his local area to Donald Trump. What's even funnier about this is some of those people actually gave money to Castro. They played both sides of the aisle. The congressman posted a tweet attacking him, and this is nothing more than a hit list. This is the intolerance of the left. I'm going to tell you more about why this is so dangerous and how we defend ourselves on this coming up on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in. We'll be right back. You know, our nation's oldest colleges were founded to teach students to seek truth, recognize what's beautiful, and hold up what is good. But the vast majority of them have abandoned their missions, locked in the grip of political correctness. They no longer allow free and open discourse, rejecting the idea of objective truth, They peddle moral and cultural relativism. Thankfully, none of this applies to Hillsdale College. For almost two centuries, Hillsdale has remained true to its original mission, to provide sound learning of the kind essential to preserving civil and religious liberty and intelligent piety. Now, as Hillsdale celebrates its 175th year, 
It remains committed to offering its students the very best liberal arts education in the land, as well as to extending its mission nationwide through its many outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. These include free online courses, the publication of its Free Speech Digest and Primus, its Kirby Center for Constitutional Studies and Citizenship in Washington, D.C., and its Barney Charter School Initiative, which is helping to establish classical K-12 charter schools nationwide. Pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844, this is Hillsdale College. And let me add, I think so much of Hillsdale College. I donated an original copy of a compilation of the Federalist Papers, which sit today as I speak at the Kirby Center. Hillsdale College, America's college. They can clone the others, but there's only one Mark Levin, and you can call him at 877-381-3811. Welcome back. It is Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one, Mark Levin. He will be back with you on Monday. He's under the weather today, and it's an honor to fill in for him. And uh, today was an interesting day. I I mean, literally filling in for Mark today. uh, Timing could not have been better uh, from a standpoint of uh, I've got a lot to talk about today. And it is the lack of civility from the left now. It is you find a conservative who's having a voice that is somewhat influential, and you shut them down. And the bigger they are, the more you go after them to try to make sure they can never make a living again. It, it's it's so funny that this has happened because in my career, there's a couple of things recently that have happened. The death threats um, have really ticked up. <coughs> Excuse me, really ticked up. Real genuine scares in my career that I've never experienced before in the last couple of years. I sat around and I and I literally said for the first time in my life uh, to family and friends, I hate my job. And it was because of these attacks from the left. It was because uh, of how people will come after you. Many of you may remember a story, and it dealt with that kid that made a clock that looked like a bomb in Texas. Um. They, the father, who's a political activist of that kid, sued uh, me and Ben Shapiro and Fox News and uh, Glenn Beck and others. And they published in their lawsuit uh, my home address on the front page. It was a hit list. This was right after there was a shooting uh, at an event where they were drawing Muhammad in Texas. Same thing. I no longer live at that address. I want you to think about that. There's zero tolerance for anybody that disagrees with the left. Castro is a great example. You have this this congressman who posted a tweet on Monday that included images listing the names and employers of people in San Antonio who have given... Trump campaign, the maximum amount in 2019. The information is, yes, public record. It's accessible through the Federal Election Commissions. We all know that. Castro, who's running for president of the United States of America, defending his brother, said, yeah, my brother did that. 
He did that, yes. He did it to look at the city that is more than 80% Hispanic. You have companies, whether it is Bill Miller, Bill Miller Barbecue or others that have built their whole fortune off the Hispanic community, that have a lot of Hispanic employees and that are putting that money into the pocket of a politician, Donald Trump, that is putting ads on Facebook, calling it an invasion and fostering hate and division towards the Hispanic community. That's what the former San Antonio mayor said on Friday in an interview with KSAT. Among the donors' names that he tweeted out was the owner of a San Antonio-based barbecue restaurant who'd given $14,000 to Trump campaign and political action committees in 2009. The tweet was sent days after a white 21-year-old man from Dallas area admitted to driving 10 hours to El Paso and killing 22 people in an act of domestic terrorism. By the way, a guy that also said they were going to try to connect him to Trump that was a member of Antifa, supported Antifa, and clearly said it had nothing to do with Trump. He had these crazy, psychotic thoughts and ideas more than a decade documented before this attack ever took place. But they say, okay, so we have a guy that went across and targeted. There's a shooting. So so instead of bringing people together and having a real conversation, you have Castro who's saying, vote for me for president, and I'm going to go out there, and I'm going to find everybody I know in my community that gave money to a political individual that I disagree with, and I'm going to either try to get them fired, because let's let's be clear about this. And this is the same thing that I've been dealing with, with, with Media Matters. The only reason why Castro put this list out there was to try to get people fired. Here are people giving money to Donald Trump. Here's who they work for. That was so you would boycott that company. You would not spend money with that company, all, all because the sin, the crime that was committed was you have a different idea politically. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I miss the days of Richard Gephardt. I miss the days of Bob Dole. I miss the days before social media got people elected by saying psychotic and crazy things. None of these people care about America. They, they're doing this to American citizens. And if you care about American citizens, you would never want someone to lose their job. Because of their political beliefs. That, that I argue that that is literally un-American. I, I would argue that literally that is un-American. This is about hurting people. When you can't even own a barbecue restaurant in Texas without having to worry that a liberal is going to come after you who's an elected official in your area and is going to try to destroy your business. And try to get your employees to leave you or walk out on you because you have a different, you're, you're Republican instead of a Democrat. But see, it's no longer that. It is now you are a racist. You're Republican now, you're racist. That's where we are. There's no room for a conversation anymore. There's no room for a grand debate anymore. There's no room to have a a legitimate 
conversation where we sit down and agree to disagree and have a grand debate in this country. It is dead. Civility is dead. Civility has died in the Democratic Party. You are no longer going to have that. And you can no longer even trust that there is even goodwill on the other side because they will send out your home address if they don't like you. They will send out things like trying to get you fired from your employer. And make no mistake where all this started. This started with these groups that said, we're going to go out in there and in the world and we're going to find conservatives and we are going to raise money off of us being journalists and we're going to try to bury them. We will take things out of context and try to bury them. We will see who is having an impact on TV and we will silence them. I'm not holding back anymore. I'm going to call it like it is. The, the, the amount of money that I have lost in the last two years from people targeting me and the amount of money I've had to spend to protect my family and on legal bills to defend literally the most ridiculous lawsuit of my life. coming from Clockboy's dad. They got, I won, they lost, and it got thrown out. But they did their damage. They made me walk around and look over my soldier. They made me worry that my family was going to be harmed. I'll also say something else. And this is, I mean this sincerely. When all that happened, and this was over a year ago now, you want to know how many conservatives called me to help me, to ask me what I needed? I'm talking about, quote, leaders in the Republican Party, conservatives in the Republican Party that knew about it, not a single one. I even reached out to people that were in the lawsuit, got nothing from some of them. I even got, I reached out to one person that was in the lawsuit saying, what are you doing about your safety? I got an email back from their lawyer telling me not to contact them because of the lawsuit. Republicans are just as bad about not defending their own. People say, oh, man, I'm sorry that this is happening, and that's it. I'll give liberals one thing. They will protect and defend their own, and Republicans do not do that. And I've watched it. I've witnessed it. I've seen it. I have seen it. Look at look at Julian Castro. He buys Fox News ad, a Fox News ad who he says is basically the devil, to tell Trump Americans to tell Trump Americans were killed because you stoked the fires of racism. The ad speaks to Donald Trump directly, linking his rhetoric towards immigrants and people of color to the shooter in El Paso who killed 22 and left more than two dozen wounded. So you have this horrific tragedy. You have a guy in his own manifesto that says, I have nothing to do with Trump. This has nothing to do with Trump. He even has things about the about conservatives that he hates. The guy's crazy. We know that he believed these things before Donald Trump was even a politician. He's an extremist, supremacist, a racist, a bigot, all these things. And you decide, let's go make an ad as a Democratic candidate for president, to release an ad 
on Fox News connecting Donald Trump to the recent attacks in El Paso trying to get people to then give you money by claiming that it's you and your evil supporters that are the ones that really stoke the flames of this domestic terrorism. That is where we are right now in this country. Mr. Producer, do you mind, can we play that message? Will you grab that? It's down there in that article that we were looking at. And I should have told you this earlier. Let me know when you got it, because I want to play this for you. From Castro, his, quote, message to Donald Trump and Donald Trump supporters, of course. Because, of course, it's got to be that. You've got a week after the shooting in El Paso Walmart, and you've got a presidential candidate saying, give me money to my campaign. I'm going to buy an ad to talk to Donald Trump supporters telling you that it's your fault that this shooting happened, even though in the manifesto of the shooter, he says I had nothing to do. This was not Donald Trump. Yet they even predicted it, that they would try to connect it to Donald Trump. That's unacceptable behavior. That should never happen. But, man, you got a shooting. Let's figure out how to exploit this tragedy tragedy for our political gain. Let's get a TV spot out there. And we'll blame Donald Trump for being the guy that soaked the fire of this type of racism. And we'll connect all of his supporters to it. And it'll be amazing. And then let's tweet out a list of top Trump donors in San Antonio and their places of employment and put them on a hit list so maybe some crazy will go terrorize them. There is no civility left in the Democratic Party. How many Democrats came out and condemned Castro putting out this hit list? It's a hit list. It's a, it, it, that's what it is. I want to make that clear. Best case scenario, the list gets someone fired so they can't take care of their families anymore solely because you disagree with their political viewpoints. Worst case scenario, someone takes this list literally and decides to go and actually harm one of these people who's a private citizen who's now been thrust into the public. And then Castro says, let me make an ad blaming Donald Trump and his supporters for this. Take a listen. President Trump, you referred to countries as shitholes. You urged American congressmen to go back to where they came from. You called immigrants rapists. As we saw in El Paso, Americans were killed because you stoked the fire of racists. Innocent people were shot down because they looked different from you. Because they looked like me. They looked like my family. Words have consequences. Chavasta. I'm Julian Castro, and I approve this message. Donald Trump's fault and Donald Trump's supporters' fault. He clearly is saying these people died because of you. This is a man running for president of the United States of America whose brother put out a hit list on on Republicans, a harm these people, harass these people, terrorize these people. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one, Mark Levin, one 877 381 We'll be right back. Mark Levin. Every human being has a common problem. How do I live well? Our happiness and well-being depends on how we answer that question. Hillsdale College President Larry Arn argues that the best book ever written on this subject is Aristotle's Nicomachean Ethics. 
And a new free online course from Hillsdale College shares Aristotle's teachings that will help you lead the most complete, happy life possible. Register for this free course, Introduction to Aristotle's Ethics, How to Lead a Good Life, featuring lessons from the greatest self-help book ever written at levinforhillsdale.com. In just 10 on-demand videos, each only 30 minutes long, you'll learn how to confront the chief obstacles to happiness and make the choices that build good character. Aristotle presents a guide for securing a virtuous life. And if you take this free course from Hillsdale and heed Aristotle's advice, your life will change for the better. You can learn how to lead a good life just as every Hillsdale College student does. It's yours for free at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Welcome back. It is Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one, Mark Levin. I want to get to your phone calls. If you just joined us tonight, we're talking about uh, how civility is dead in this country, and it's now becoming extremely dangerous uh, to do this job, uh, which I never would have imagined when I got into radio when I was 12 years old. Um, I've been run off the road because of this job. I've had a gun point at me because of this job. I've had people threaten to kill me because of this job. I have had people that stalk me because of this job. I have had people that have, have come up to me and screamed at me while I was holding my infant child in a Kroger. I've had people threaten to beat me at an airport in a plane because of this job. Not because I said anything to them personally, not because I was in their face, not because I did anything to them personally. It's because I was a conservative What Castro, who's running for president, has done, what the AOCs have done by saying we're terrorists, what the left has done by saying that we're all white supremacists and KK members, they, have, they, they, they've, they basically said, well, because they are this, it is okay for us to do whatever we want to do to them. It's okay to do what we want to do to them. We can do whatever we want to do to them. It's okay. one 800 Four seven four nine seven three two one eight hundred or no I'm sorry one eight seven seven three eight one thirty eight eleven gave out the number for my show it's a habit my friends one eight seven seven three eight one thirty eight eleven let's get to some of your phone calls now and I'll go to Donna you and Frederick uh, you are in and you're on the Mark Levin show Ben Ferguson filling in hi. Hi, Ben. You know, I understand your anxiety. I grew up where my grandmother left a communist country and educated us at a very young age as to what to look out for. A lot of what socialists and communists do is, obviously, it's all based on fear and intimidation. And, you know, for supposedly taking the high road, boy, I never dreamed that that they, the Democrat Party, would sink so low in our beloved country. And I want you to understand, Ben, that we the people are very much behind you and our conservative talk radio hosts who do all the heavy lifting. We're on the front lines along with our amazing military and and our police who do... Well, Donna, you better... Thank you. And hold on, because I'm going to address this article in The Hollywood Reporter about me today and Media Matters. That, coming up next... On the Mark Levin Show, we'll be right back. 
is here. Now, broadcasting from, from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Welcome, it is the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one tonight. He is out sick. He will be back with you on Monday. Uh, this morning, I, I laugh because um, you never know what you're going to wake up to in this business. You really don't. Um, and this morning, I woke up to my phone blowing up because of an article that was published at 5 a.m. Uh, from The Hollywood Reporter, written by Jeremy Barr, about me and what I do on TV. Um, I... Um, there's an article out there, and I'll just read you the headline. CNN appears to have benched two pro-Trump contributors. I'm going to deal with that in a minute, but I'm going to go to the core of where all this started. I have been a conservative voice for going into year seven now uh, at CNN. Uh, it is a job that I have enjoyed for almost the entire time. Uh, It is a job where I have enjoyed defending conservatives and conservative values. It has become much harder over the last seven years because of many of the people that I that are on the left and how they will come after you and attack you and 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 come after you on, on social media. It's a job, though, that I've enjoyed overall. I got into radio and TV at the age of 12 because of the grand debate. Things have changed. I talked about this in the first hour now. Uh, The left has decided that they can no longer debate politics, so instead what they do is they just try to turn you into a bigot, racist, homophobe, xenophobe. Uh, They then do what the casters do. They put out uh, names of people that gave money to Donald Trump, and then they defend it as saying people need to know where they're spending their money, and they give you your employer trying to get you fired trying to ruin your small business. There's no longer a grand debate that's allowed in the Democratic Party. It's destroy people. There are groups that come along, and some of those groups, and I, I get there. Look, here's the thing. I'm a, I've been doing this for so long that I don't, I've never worried about not having a seat at the table because I started, my, the first TV show I ever did when I was 17 years old on national TV uh, on Fox was Bill O'Reilly, before most people even knew who Bill O'Reilly was. Uh, I did CNN when I was, I think, 16 or 15 years old on a show called Talk Back Live in the studios in Atlanta. This was before they even put you on satellite because it cost so much money. They would fly you into Atlanta, fly you into New York, fly you into D.C. because it was actually cheaper. I've never worried about losing a seat at the table because of people attacking me. I've really never been worried about being silenced because I always had a venue, radio, to directly talk to the people. Now, I am not one that wishes ill will on people. I have seen what stress does to people when their careers are under attack. I've always, since a young age, wanted to have a grand debate. I've wanted to be able to sit down and break bread with someone that disagrees with me. This brings me to Media Matters for America. There is a guy who has been, uh, I, I guess, given the assignment to try to get me fired from my job and silenced from my job at CNN. His name is Eric Hananoki, I think is his name. Never met him. I don't know him. I 
am not mad at him because I assume he has a family. I assume he's a part of a family. I assume that he's uh, probably a guy that if we ever met in person, we might be able to have a civilized discussion. I hope that. I don't know. But I've learned you let go of hate and anger and wanting to get back at people and get even with people because it will literally eat your soul alive. There are too many people that I would be angry at if I, if I lived a life of hating someone. I also have perspective. Um, I have children that I, my number one job is to protect them. And I don't like it when people come after me like uh, some have and they, and they, you know, I have a house that I no longer can live in because of the attacks that came after me from me giving a simple commentary and my thoughts on the kid that made a clock that people thought looked like a bomb in Texas. And they, they, they sued conservatives to try to silence him, saying, claiming Islamophobia. And they published their home addresses on the front page of that lawsuit that appeared in the Wall Street Journal, the USA Today, etc. I've had people that have put, put a gun on me. I've had people threaten to kill me and my, my family. When you have kids... I, I, your perspective changes, and my perspective has changed, that my job is to provide for them and take care of them. I really don't, I, 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 you know, I get there's pawns moving around in politics, right? There's people that do different things and say different things, and they try to get a rise, and I understand what Media Matters' job is. They claim to be a 501c3 that's job is to check conservative media. What they've turned into uh, is a group that, finds people that are successfully giving out a conservative message and then they try to find things about them to then silence them that's their job that's what they do i get that's what eric's job is i don't think guys like eric think about what you're doing to someone when you when you attack them and what it can do to their family i have responsibilities i have perspective my perspective is I have three children that I need to take care of and a family. I've had family members right now. We have two family members that have cancer fighting. My job is to do what I can to help them. Sometimes that means money. Um, I also have perspective because... I grew up in Memphis, Tennessee, without anything, and I have perspective of seeing people that really suffer. I have perspective of seeing the kids at St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, which I have prided myself on having a career to help them uh, as in fundraising. So when I see these guys that come after me, I, I try to not hate them and not be angry at them for them doing their job, which is to try to ruin my life and to try to get me to lose the ability to provide for my family. And I don't know if they understand that. So let me rewind for you. And in, in, in TV and radio, your dream is to do what Mark Levin gets to do every night. Your dream is to be able to first even fill in for someone like Mark. It's a great one. When you grow up doing what I do, I started when I was 12. You're, you're listening to these guys, and you hope one day maybe you can work hard enough to have an opportunity to have a large voice. When I got hired by CNN to be a conservative commentator seven years ago, that was my dream, uh, to have a voice, to have a show, to have a, a, a voice and, and defend conservative viewpoints, to explain conservative viewpoints. My goal was not to ruin anyone's life, to embarrass someone, to, 
to try to destroy someone. That's I don't do that. I, I, I think that's wrong. I think it's I think it's it's a it's a character issue. And I don't know, over a year ago, I got a phone call to fill in for a TV show on CNN. Actually, on Headline News, the sister station, it was S.E. Cup show, Unfiltered. S.E.'s a good friend of mine, and, and I was thrilled at the opportunity to fill in for an entire week while she was on vacation, hosting an hour-long TV show. That's kind of the you've-made-it moment, the holy grail. So I'm getting ready that morning in New York. I flew up on Sunday, and I get there, and I'm getting ready, and, and all of a sudden I get a phone call. And they say, have you seen it? I said, seen what? And they said, media matters just hit you. I said, what, they, what do you mean they hit me? Well, they found some posts on your page after they'd already disclosed that there's a company that people work with to post articles to keep your audience engaged with news and breaking news because it's impossible for me to do it by myself all day long. When I'd worked with this company, and they worked with several other people, from Sarah Palin to, um, I'm trying to remember, a political, I mean, there's a large group of people that they had worked with. And they they worked with them, and I met with them. I said, hey, guys, just so you know, you know, somebody in radio had told me to do this, uh, that I worked with in radio. Hey, let's get these guys. They'll put articles up there for you. It'll be fine. I said, look, I want you to know I, I, I love working where I work. I have a great job at CNN. I just need you to make sure you never post anything in any of articles that is anti-CNN. Makes sense, right? I would say that. And so I told them that. They said, no problem. You got it. I have emails, obviously, to back that up. Guys, I want to make it very clear. If you're going to have access to my page, you're posting articles. Again, make sure you never post anything that is anti where I work. That would make no sense. Well, in a couple of articles over, I mean, we're talking about tens of thousands of articles they posted. There was in the text down below, there was a couple of things that were negative about where I worked. Clearly, Media Matters knew that I was going to be hosting a show in a couple hours, and they wanted to make my life hell. And they did it. They accomplished it. You immediately get into this PR mode, and you have to put out a statement, and, and finally, you know, and I, look, I'm a crisis management guy. I've almost died a couple times in my life. I almost got killed by a drunk driver who died in, in the car wreck. He died. We lived. I've been shot at from point blank range. I was able to fight back and shoot back, and I saved my life. And, and, and so I, I try to have perspective on what really is life and death and what's not. But at this moment in time, I'm about to get to host a TV show for the first time in my life for an entire hour on network television, and I'm having to deal with this crap. And it was done on purpose. It was obviously throwing me off my game. Now, what, what Media Matters and, and Eric Hanoki didn't know is I am really good at getting focused when I get pissed. I am really good at what I do when I'm in a bad mood. That night I killed the show. I basically said, all right, this may be my last time to ever appear on TV over here. They may come in afterwards and say, Ben, you're gone. These were out there. You, you, it was on your page. Now, look, Media Matters knew that I didn't post this stuff because they'd already written, and they, this is part of the lack of being honest, intellectual honesty. They had already written articles about this group and things that they were posting, the articles that were appearing on multiple pages. They'd already done this. They knew it wasn't me posting it. But they had gotten tipped off from somebody that had knowledge that I was about to fill in, and they wanted to hit me to see if they would pull me off the air and I would lose this opportunity. I personally think that's really sad that someone does that for a living. And again, I say this to, to Eric and the people at Media Matters. 
I wasn't even mad that night. I was like, all right, I'm going to do a great job. This may be the last time I host. Let's go. And and I, I didn't have I don't have I don't have the energy, the time to obsess over somebody like this. I just don't. I don't I I, I, I try to think the best of people. I try to think of uh, of of Eric Hanoki and Media Matters and think, okay, they have kids, this is what they do for a living. I wouldn't do it, but maybe they have family. I don't know if Eric has a family, like I'm talking about wife, kids, I really don't know. What I do know is is that his job has been to take people down like me and try to get them silenced and disappear from TV, which when you think about, you know, a human being and a family, you would hope that would somehow connect. I don't know. So anyway, I do the show that night, kill it, put out the statement and try to move on. Then I notice the media matters. I'm on the list. It's like once you're on the list, you never get off the list. And every time I'm on CNN, they're coming after me. And every time I'm on CNN, they're, they're writing something. And it's this, it's, this, it's this constant drumbeat of silence, silence, silence him, silence him, silence him, silence him, silence him. Then they put out this article, which was the, we're going to nail this guy. And I know why they're coming at me. I'm effective. I'm an effective communicator. I've been doing it since I was 12 for conservative ideas. They don't want me on TV. They need my head on a wall. They need me to be unemployed. So they put out this article entitled CNN commentator Ben Ferguson's Facebook page is a cesspool of bigotry, false information, and fabricated quotes. Now, let me let me just go through some of this. They, they say, for example, that um, they say CNN political commentator Ben Ferguson regularly uses Facebook page to post memes with false information, fabricated quotes, including an image with a made-up representative AOC quote that was used to portray her as stupid. All right, now let's let's talk about what I really posted, okay? I posted up some pretty funny stuff. It's called political humor. It's the same thing that Media Matters has no problem uh, with any late-night shows or leftists doing. It's, it's, it's called political humor. Some of these memes are hysterical. I mean, when I say hysterical, I'm saying hysterical, laugh out loud. Um, one of them says, single-handedly putting an end to dumb blonde jokes, because obviously AOC is a brunette. That's not mean, that's funny. Another one says, of course I was against Amazon coming to New York. We already have enough problems without having to worry about piranhas. Remember when she was against Amazon coming to New York, and she, a lot of people in New York could have had great jobs at Amazon, and they don't have them now because of AOC. That is political humor. It's pretty funny. They say that's me fabricating a quote. No, it's called political humor, and they know this, and I get it. They're trying to to get something to stick that will take me off of TV. There's another one of her sitting at the State of the Union. It says, I, I never knew we had a state called the Union. Again, that's political humor. They know it's political humor. This guy, Eric and Media Matters, they know it is. They know it's political humor, but they they have to stay in business, and how they get people to donate to their, their company is to say, we went after this person, they're not on TV anymore or as much. Give us more money so we can keep going after them. There's another one, and they say these are, again, fabricated quotes. No, that's political humor, and they know it. If money doesn't grow on trees, why do banks have branches? That's funny. There's another one. says, in quotation marks, this is all referring to AOC, knows how to pay for free college and universal Medicaid, doesn't know how to pay for an apartment. Well, that's true. She was literally complaining about how she didn't know how she was going to be able to afford an apartment, couldn't afford one, until she got her first paycheck after she was sworn in as a congresswoman. You deserve to be made fun of for that. 
There's another one that says socialist Alexander Cortez says she doesn't like the electoral college and would never send her kids there. Again, that's clearly political humor. One of them shows her going to the State of the Union and says, I wonder if I get to meet filibuster. Most of you are probably laughing in your car right now. These are what they refer to as a cesspool of fabricated quotes. So they could silence me. I'm going to have more on this coming up. It's important that we actually stand up for ourselves. Ben Ferguson filling in for Mark Levin. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. You wake up in the morning feeling sluggish and have to drag yourself through your day. Do you feel bloated, tired, and out of shape? Eating healthy is a habit, but most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating, right? How much we should be eating and how to properly prepare it. This is why I drink Field of Greens every morning before I start my day. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Now this is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com and get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. Now, you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. It is uh, Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one tonight, Mark Levin. Mark is out sick. He will be back with you on Monday. Uh, I I say this, and I'm not joking. I mean, I I truly believe I had no way of knowing that this article was going to come out from the Hollywood Reporter dealing with me today uh, when they called me yesterday and said, hey, can you you fill in? I said, sure. And I, I believe it's total God's grace that this happened so that I could respond nationwide and set the record straight about media matters trying to destroy my life, my career, silence me. This is what the left is doing now. There's no civility left. You can follow me on Twitter, at Ben Ferguson Show, Facebook, at Ben Ferguson Show as well. We'll be right back. With a daily fake news dump pouring through your TV, mobile phones and computers, you may have missed some real news like the recent study in the journal Cell Metabolism. Scientists suspected a correlation between growing rates of obesity and processed foods, but what this study discovered was that these foods also appear to lead people to overeat. Here's the bottom line. You need fresh fruits and vegetables in your diet, which is why I recommend that you start taking Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. It helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. This is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the Nutrition Facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, that's BrickHouseLevin.com, and you'll get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. You know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. 
McLovin Show, where we create the talking points. Call in now, 877-381-3811. I feel like this is like my doctorate dissertation that I'm giving tonight, and it's just, you never know when it's going to happen. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one, Mark Levin. He'll be back with you, Lord willing, on Monday. He's been under the weather, and it's an honor to always fill in for the great one. Uh, It was very weird today because... Uh, I was asked yesterday to fill in for Mark as he's been under the weather. And today there was an article uh, that went viral from The Hollywood Reporter uh, about me and uh, me disappearing from TV for the last four months. And when it's what you do for a living, it's pretty weird when you disappear for four months. The headline read, CNN appears to have benched two pro-Trump contributors. I'm going to deal with that in a minute. But before we get to that, I want you to understand what cause all this and i said earlier in the show there's no civility left in politics there's none uh you you look at aoc saying that that everyone that anyone that supports trump has to be is a racist there's there's no dialogue there's no difference of opinion there's no it, it's it's destroy it's it's your bigot you're racist you're xenophobe homophobe whatever it is they just they call it to you because they don't debate policy you look at what has happened with the castro brothers and putting out this hit lists of these business owners in his district in Texas that gave money to Donald Trump. What's funny is some of the people that gave money to Donald Trump also gave money to the Castros. It's kind of hilarious. It was a hit list. It was a list of with the intent solely to cause these people personal anguish, pain, suffering, loss of job, or violence at their places of work. It was to target them as a person. Many of these people, you can find their address. I, I know what it's like when people come after you. I've, I've experienced it. I got into radio, and some of you don't know this. I'm, I'm younger. I'm 37 now. I got into radio when I was 12 years old. I became the youngest syndicated talk show in the country when I was 19 uh, on Sunday nights, a show that I still do. When you get in this business, you have dreams. You have dreams to be at the big table, to have a seat at the table, to have a, a grand debate. When you're young, you're naive, you're stupid. You have this idea that we can discuss politics and maybe I can change their mind and maybe I can respect their opinion but disagree that we can be friends. That is no longer seems to be available at the highest levels of the debate. And then these groups come along, and I I said this earlier, and I mean this because I'm assuming that um, this guy from Media Matters, I will probably never, I've never tweeted back at him. This guy that, that that's kind of comes after me on there. Um, he doesn't he doesn't tag me in most of his posts, and that's okay. It's I, I think if you're going to come after me, you should at least tag me. But I haven't because I th- I try to think of him as a human being and think of him as okay. He probably has a family to take care of, and his job is to come after me. That's his job. But when you start trying to ruin people's like careers over it, it's weird, especially off of ridiculous claims. Now. I told you that all of this started because of a big post they did on me saying CNN commentator Ben Ferguson's Facebook page is a cesspool of bigotry, false information, and fabricated quotes. Their definition of a fabricated quote is a meme uh, with thoughts that AOC might have in her head. It's clearly a joke. Remember when she was against Amazon coming into New York and she said, quote, of course, I was against Amazon coming to New York. We already have enough problems without having to worry about piranhas. That's clearly political humor. But they're now saying that's me making up fabricated quotes. The only reason why Media Matters said this is they were trying to get me taken off the air. They were trying to silence me. And by the way, I did not respond to them. 
Now I am. Um, They go on to say in this piece, and it's a long piece, after the AOC part, and that's why they hated me because I was going after her, um, they said Ferguson posted a meme about garbage strewn across scene after Earth Day. It was actually from a football tailgate party. There were tens of thousands of people that had retweeted this, millions probably that had gone after this. I clearly got it wrong. I even said so on the radio uh, about the, the picture. A lot of people got duped by the picture. There were also real pictures that came out of the actual Earth Day and the trash afterwards. The intent was clearly to show that there was garbage. And, in fact, there were reports of real garbage there. The picture that someone posted was actually from a football tailgate party. Fair enough. If that's the worst thing I ever do in my life, I'm really okay with it. They go on in here to say Ferguson lied to followers with a meme claiming that no one, want, no one called Donald Trump a racist before he ran for president. There's a picture of him with Mike Tyson. And, I, and all I put up there was Donald Trump launched his presidential campaign on June 16, 2015. There's a picture with him with, with um, Sean P. Diddy Combs. There's one with Jesse Jackson, Don King. There's one with P. Diddy. There's one with Michael Jackson. There's one with Al Sharpton. They gave him awards. There's one with Oprah. There's one with Serena Williams. And there's a, there's, at the bottom it says no one called Donald Trump a racist until June 16th. They said I, I'm a liar because I put that out there. No one, no one called him a racist. I'm talking about big mainstream media people. Until he decided to become a Republican, and then the civility disappeared, and we are going to destroy his life. They go on to say that, um, and they really stretched on this one. It says, Ferguson posted a meme suggesting Camilla Harris helped stage Jesse Smollett's attack. I, I'm not even going to deal with that one because it's, so, it, it's like so far off stretching, it's ridiculous. Now, this is the part that, I clearly did not realize the impact it was going to have on people that decide if they're going to put me on TV or not. And I am going to respond to this. It said Ferguson's Facebook page is filled with bigotry. I'm going to give you the date. August 15th, 2016. August 15th, 2016, I was on the radio. And there were people that were posting on social media a picture about looting. Um, There was a picture that was people were posting up there. It says, when free food, housing, phones, and healthcare and education aren't enough. It was people looting a store, and they did loot the store. They said that that was me being bigoted. Now, let me be clear about this. I put that picture up there when I was on the radio uh, talking about how people were using it to attack people based on the color of their skin, and I thought it was wrong. If you go back and look at all my posts around that time, it's very clear what I was talking about, but they took it out of context. That's what they do. There's another one where it was about police officers, deplorables. I had under their name, it says Hillary supporters, and it was people wreaking havoc on police in Baltimore, jumping on top of the cars. I have no problem with that being up there. I don't. They were calling police officers terrible names, attacking police. I will always stand by police. I stand behind police, and by the way, in the picture, there's African-Americans in police officer gear. Again, fine, whatever. Now, the one that really irked me 
was December the 10th, 2015. Full disclosure, I was not a Trump supporter. December 10th, 2015, I was not a Trump supporter. Go back and look at my timeline. You go look at what I was posting on social media then, and it was very clear that I was not supporting Donald Trump. In fact, I was supporting Ted Cruz. There was a meme that was going viral. I posted on Facebook. It said, this one is going viral. You're anti-Trump. Good for you. I bet you're either a Muslim, illegal, or living off the government. Now, I posted that saying this is one of the problems that I had with Trump supporters at the time that were posting things like this, and I thought it was not good for America. I said we need to have a better argument than that. I went on TV and endorsed Ted Cruz on CNN, live from Miami at the University of Miami. After that, I had been supporting Ted Cruz, and everybody knew it. I'd been debating people on the Cruz campaign on TV, going after them. You can go look at all of my tweets. I don't delete them. It's very clear that I was not a Trump supporter when I posted that. I was criticizing some Trump supporters then for putting things like up this. And I said, we have to have a better dialogue than this. You can't assume that if someone doesn't support Trump, that they are uh, either a Muslim and illegal or living off the government. I did an entire hour of the show about that. That's why I put up there saying this is going viral. Hashtag Donald Trump. Hashtag Trump. Donald, Donald J. Trump. I was a Ted Cruz supporter December the 10th, 2015. It's well documented. I was debating people about this and saying this is not good for the country. We shouldn't do this. February the 2nd, I tweeted out 2016, for example, 2 a.m. And we still don't know who won between Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton. Up next on CNN talking about this. Ted Cruz wins. I put up a picture of that. No one remembers who came in second. I put a tweet up of Donald Trump. February the 1st, 2016. Never forget. Hashtag Iowa caucuses. Cruz Cruz. At at Ted Cruz. At Ted Cruz team. Clearly, I wasn't supporting Donald Trump then. February the 3rd, 16, here is a tweet that was deleted calling Ted Cruz when illegal by at real Donald Trump. Not only that, if and Media Matters knew this when they came after me with this, Donald Trump was even tweeting at me then saying I was a terrible person on TV. Donald Trump and I, by the way, since then have become very cordial and we talk on the phone from now and then. He even called to congratulate me when we had the twins. I don't do this to be best friends with a politician. I stand up for what I believe in, and sometimes what I believe in, people may disagree with, but it shouldn't mean that you try to destroy a person's life for this. Now, I had no idea that this was all going to be taken out of context and actually matter, no pun intended, for media matters to silence me on TV. It clearly worked. There are people that saw it, that made a decision that I somehow would not be worthy to have an opinion anymore on TV. So that's why I'm responding tonight. 
Media Matters knew that what I, when I posted that tweet coming after me. But people now only read headlines. December 30th, 2015. My thoughts on why the GOP establishment is so out of touch on at Ted Cruz, at Ted Cruz team and his rise in the polls. I'm on CNN doing that. February 1st, 16, another one about Ted Cruz. Another one on t- in December 2015. Up next on Out Front, talking Ted Cruz, real Donald Trump, Jeb Bush, GOP establishment without Aaron Burnett. These are things that I put up there. Clearly from a timeline that Media Matters knew about. They knew I wasn't supporting Trump then. They can do research. They're not dumb. They knew I was on Ted Cruz's team. I even tweeted a picture of me at the Ted Cruz presidential headquarters. The list goes on and on. The numbers are there. They know this. But they said, all right, we're going to go out there and attack him, and we're going to try to silence him, and we're going to see if we can take away his voice. And they were very successful over the last four months. This year, really the last two years, have probably been the two hardest years of my entire life slash career. From having people, genuine death threats that the police get involved in, having a six-figure frivolous lawsuit you have to defend from the kid who made a clock like a bomb and, and printing your address out there like a hit list. And I also learned something else about conservatives in this business. And I'm going to say this tonight as well, and there may be people that criticize me, and I don't care. Conservatives suck at protecting other conservatives and helping them. No one called and said, hey, how bad is it? Hey, what's up with your security? Hey, should we start a GoFundMe page to help with your legal fund? Hey, how much is this costing you to defend this lawsuit? When the other side has unlimited funds from organizations, Muslim groups that are funding to silence conservatives that have a different viewpoint. You get to host your first TV show ever. And a couple hours before, clearly because someone tipped them off to you hosting a show for the first time, you get a hit piece put on you for things on Facebook to try to get you to not host the show and to silence you the next day and embarrass you. I, I it's just... I laugh because I, I, and this is a true story, I, I'm, I said I'm going to find an exit strategy. I'm going to get out of this. I want to know that I can walk away from this business because it's gotten so nasty that you worry about your family. Same worries that Mark Levin has all the time. Somebody said, Ben, you don't give up. You love what you do. I said, I don't love it right now. I hate it. What it's become. I hate having to deal with this crap. I hate having to deal with people trying to literally take away your livelihood for sport, to put your head on the wall to say, we got another conservative and we silenced them. And that's where we come to this article today with the Hollywood Reporter. What I'll say is this. I love what I do on TV most of the time. Not all the time. I I used to love this job more than I do now. I will say this to Media Matters. I'm a human being just like Eric Hanoki and all you guys that run it. I don't wish you any ill will. I don't want you to lose your job. I want you to be able to provide for yourself and your family. 
Just think about it. Ben Ferguson filling in for Mark Levin. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. If you have a moment, I want you all to go to BrickHouseLevin.com. Just go there and click on the Buy Now button so you can read the reviews. Over 1,200 five-star reviews, I might add. But this one caught my attention from Steve in Denver. I'm upset with Mark because he's got me hooked on Field of Greens. What a great product. Thank you, BrickHouse, for your amazing product and great customer service. I'm a monthly subscriber, and I won't live without it. And you're welcome, Steve. And subscribing is smart. You save money that way. Field of Greens is made with real USDA organic fruits and vegetables and helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Plus, they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN. Get 15% off your first order with promo code LEVIN. That's BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN, promo code LEVIN. All right, welcome back. It is the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one. I want to remind you, unfreedom of the press. What are we, 12 weeks now on the bestseller list? Five weeks at number one. Uh, if you haven't picked up your copy yet of Mark's incredible book, he's one of the most talented writers, I think, political writers in history. Uh, and that's the reason why his books are always bestsellers. Unfreedom of the press uh, by the great one, Mark Levin. Grab it. Uh, whatever device you use or at bookstores, it's pretty much everywhere. It's at Walmart, it's Costco, it's everywhere. It's at your favorite bookstore. It's online, Amazon. Just grab it, read it. It's good. By the way, if you've never actually read his old books, uh, you really should go back. So, I mean, Rediscovering Americanism is amazing. Uh, it's just it's such a good book. And my first, I think my first book I ever read from him, gosh, is ten years ago. Liberty and Tyranny, uh, that's one of my favorites. It's still on the bookshelf, so make sure you grab one of those. Want to get your phone calls in here, get your reaction to what all I said. Someone just uh, sent me a tweet said, Ben, I feel like we were just in therapy session together. Look, it's heavy stuff, and I'm glad I got the opportunity to explain what's going on in this political world. So I'll get your phone calls, one 877 By the way, if you ever want to keep up with me on Facebook, Ben Ferguson Show, Twitter, at Ben Ferguson Show on Twitter. I'll read your tweets as well during the break. At Ben Ferguson Show on Twitter and Facebook, Ben Ferguson Show. We're going to come back. We're going to get your phone calls. The next hour of the Marco Vent Show, Ben Ferguson filling in and grab his book during the break. Unfreedom of the Press. We'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Civility is gone in the Democratic Party, and I got another example of it for you tonight. Welcome. It is the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one who's a little under the weather. He'll be back with you on Monday. So let's break down this Representative Tlaib crap. So Tlaib pushes legislation earlier to basically get rid of Israel, right, to, 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 to push Israel into the sea, saying that they don't have a right. I mean, this is what she has advocated for. She's, she's connected with and supported Hamas and Hezbollah groups before and, and then she says, 
that Israel is evil because Israel said, okay, well, if this is what you're going to do, uh, you're not welcome to come here. So then Talib says, and this is a total setup. I want to make be very clear about this. This is all an orchestrated attack on Israel at the hands of Representative Talib to somehow become a victim. So then she says, you're, Israel, you're racist, which is this new play of the Democratic Party. Everybody's a racist that disagrees with me. That's what Democrats now say. Or you're a bigot or is it, whatever it is. It just, it just, we name call. There's no discussion. So she says, let me go see my grandmother. She plays the grandmother card. Like, how do you not agree to that, right? Someone says they just want to come see their grandmother. I mean, if you have a soul, you say, okay, fine. You can come see your grandmother, which is exactly what Israel did. They quickly granted the idea, the access of her to come see her grandmother. As long as she, when she went to go see her grandmother, she didn't start having these, you know, Rallies, basically, these 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 anti-Israel rallies, right, which is what they were worried about in the first place. So the country says, hey, you want to come see your grandmother just to see your grandmother? That's fine. So in a total setup from the beginning now to leave to self-promote herself was granted very quickly permission to come see your grandmother with a basic stipulation. And now she's obnoxiously turned down that approval, as Donald Trump put it out on Twitter a minute ago. And he's totally right. Now, her tweet she sent out was, quote, silencing me and treating me like a criminal is not what she wants for me. It would kill a piece of me. I mean, come on, Rashida Tlaib. Like, you're not going to die because of this. You you started this war with Israel and, and they basically busted you out for it. And now you're acting like a piece of you would die if you had to go back and see your grandmother this way. Clearly, you don't really care that much about seeing your grandmother, because if you did, you would put away your political crazy, stick it in a little bag for a few days and go see your grandmother. If this is really about your grandmother, you would have said, OK, I just going to go see my grandmother and then I'll come back and rip Israel after I get back. So now she says she tweets out, I have decided that visiting my grandmother under these, quote, oppressive conditions stands against everything I believe in, fighting against racism, oppression, and injustice. She then tweets out, when I won, I gave the Palestinian people hope that someone will finally speak the truth about the inhumane conditions. I can't allow the state of Israel to take away that light by humiliating me and my my love for my city, S-I-T-Y, to bow down to their oppression and racist policies. I think, by the way, she was referring to her grandmother as city. I think that's it. So I just want to clarify that. She goes on to say, my city wanted to pick figs with me. I broke down reading this and worry every single day after I won for my family's safety. Join the club. I'm right there with you. My cousin was texting me which photo of Ilam and I, they should put on a welcoming poster. When I heard the news, I couldn't tell her. Rashid Tlaib's family is disappointed but not surprised by Israel's ban. Israel lifted the ban. It's a lie. They lifted the ban. She says they're silencing her when she specifically asked for permission to visit her grandmother, saying she won't promote boycotts. Then after Israel said yes to that, she now says she won't visit because she can't promote the boycotts, and now she's being oppressed. So you're not going to go see your grandmother because of this stupid game.
clearly seeing your grandmother is not that important. This is nothing but a stunt to attack Israel and to make Israel look bad from the very beginning. Because if it was actually not about you and you being in the middle of this attention and hating on Israel, you would have, after requesting in your official letter to Israel, you would have then taken them up on their offer. You would have played by a basic rule of not promoting boycotts. And what you would have done is you would have said, thank you, I'm going to go see my grandmother. Let's have a ceasefire on the political jargon and Twitter wars. I'm going to go see my grandmother. I mean, the letter that Representative Tlaib put out to the Israeli interior minister requesting a visit to her family in the West Bank in which she promises to, quote, respect any restrictions and not promote boycotts against Israel during my visit. They then say okay to those what she put in her own words in her own letter that I just quoted you. And now she says, I'm not going because you're oppressing me. Clearly, your, your grandmother's a pawn in your game of political hatred. Dude, if I, went, if I need to go back and see a family member who's getting older or sick or whatever, and all I have to do is agree I'm not going to be doing political crap when I go to the country, I'll do it. Because my family at that point is what matters, right? Like, okay, you, basically what Israel said was, hey, Tlaib, we know you hate us. You, we know you want to wipe us off the map. We know you're a sympathizer for Hamas. But we even understand you need to see your mom. Maybe some of this is political theater. So let's have a ceasefire of political rhetoric when you come over here and you can see your grandmother. Let's let's do that. Let's let's literally just do that. We agree to your request. We we agree to give you the access that you just requested and we agree to what you've said you're going to do. And then she comes out and screams, "They're all racist. They're trying to silence me. I'm not going to go see my grandmother after they agreed to allow me to see my grandmother." This is the Democratic Party now. This is the type of craziness that literally you're dealing with, where all to make Israel look bad, to be anti-Semitic, they will request you give them access. Israel agrees to the access. And then they say, you are trying to suppress me. I'm not going. And the entire Democratic Party now is like, oh, we, what a, she's such a warrior for us. What a great warrior she's become. This is the same playbook that is coming from the Castro brothers, where they say, you don't give us money, then we will we will come after you, your businesses, we will silence you, we will put out your information, we will put out your employer, and we will shame you into supporting Donald Trump because you have a different viewpoint. It is the intolerant of the left that claims to be the tolerant the party of tolerance. That is what this is. one 381 3811 1-877-381-3811. Let's get some of your phone calls in here. Uh, let me go to Brent in Los Angeles. Thanks for waiting. You are on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in. Hi. Hi. Yeah, it's it's an honor listening and talking to you again on Mark's show. Uh, ben, Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. Yeah, Ben, you are simply a, one of the courageous, righteous, godly Americans, which has become a recipient of pure Antifa Alinsky terror tactics and the satanic strategy of Marx and Muhammad. And this is a, a process of dehumanization. 
that they, they first dehumanize you. And I was thinking, this is what happened in 1994 in Rwanda. After years of Hutu dehumanization of the Tutsi, when all it took was a spark for one million uh, Rwandans to be murdered by machete. And th- this, there is a documentary by Trevor Loudon, which I hope people will see, think of as required watching, called America Under Siege, Antifa. I'm not sure. Are you familiar with Trevor Loudon in this documentary? I'm not. It, 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 it talks about the history, the tactics, and the goal of Antifa. And everything that's happening to you, it's just typical run-of-the-mill Antifa stuff. Well, I mean, you look at Rachel Maddow tonight, great example. She accused a Jewish Trump judicial nominee of, quote, having dual loyalty. So now you, got, you have, you have a, a guy that argued that Israel could be, you know I mean, when he, when he argued that Israel could be both a Jewish state and a democracy, she called him basically a racist. This is the left. This is Goebbels. They, th- this has a pedigree. And you were talking about the cowardice of so many Republicans and conservatives that are just letting you out to dry. I call this the Serpico uh, tactic, where when he – you're familiar with the detective Serpico that was let yeah. out to dry by NYPD? And that's what they're doing to people like you and Mark, you know, uh, Ted Cruz, and, and of course, President Trump. Look, I, I tell people you, when you when you don't come to the aid of a fellow man that's being under attack, um, you, you, you know. I, I mean, I, I remember when this when the lawsuit that literally almost broke me, um, this frivolous lawsuit to defend it and to win, there was not a single Republican involved in that lawsuit, and there was multiple high profile people mm-hmm. that offered any advice. I was younger then. I mean, I was younger. You're, you're trying to figure out, like, what do you do when your family's being attacked, when they're literally people, the death threats are rolling in so fast on social media that you, you, you don't even know what to do. You have the police saying, Ben, these are credible threats. Your address is out there. This is not good. You need to think about going somewhere else. And, 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 then, and then you reach out for help, and they send back a, an email from their lawyer saying, this is pending litigation you're now, and please do not contact. I'm like, Wow. Well, so much for being a conservative, so much for being a stand up for the little guy. But this is and this is a reminder, I say to people, and this is the reason why I have I, I it's an honor to fill in for the great one. Mark Levin is always has always been a defender and an advocate of mine. He has courage. And and, and what you were talking about is what I call progressive fatwas being put out. I, I'm with you, Brent. I got to I got to run. I appreciate the phone call. One eight seven seven. 381-3811. Let me go to uh, Mike in Huntsville, Alabama. You are on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson with you. Hi. Well, hey, Ben. How are you? Boy, you've internalized this, haven't you? You know, I mean, it's, I, I can tell it's really hurt your heart, but here's your problem. You're thinking these people are liberals. They're Bolsheviks. And your last caller was spot on. And, you know, we've all held on for about an hour and a half and listened to you lament, basically, on the situation of how the Democratic Party has changed. The Democratic Party isn't the Democratic Party. It is the Bolshevik Party. And they are using the same tactics that the Bolsheviks did and Joseph uh, Goebbels did. And the same thing that basically Pelosi has done. And what he said about Sal Alinsky's rules for radicals is exactly what you're being victimized by. But in order to be able to combat it, you have to understand it. And unfortunately, well, you know, you know, it's you know, it's funny, Mike. So I was telling, I said earlier, and I think family changes perspective on things. I was sitting there and I was like, you know what, I'm I'm exhausted because I feel like I'm a seven year old man because I started in this business when I was twelve, right? Even though I'm thirty seven, 
And, you know, you, you, you take it for decades, as I have, and you just try to let it roll off your back. But when it affects your family, it just it changes it just the way it is. And I literally said, okay, what do I love? I need an exit strategy. I want to have something else that is able to provide for my family. So at any point, if, if the death threats get to be too much, the, 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 the attacks get to be a point where I can just say, you know what? I don't need this. And what's funny is I laugh because I said, all right, you know what I'm going to do? I love barbecue. Barbecue can't be political, right? Everybody likes to eat. I, I am a barbecue connoisseur. I love doing barbecue. I'm obsessed with barbecue. And I finally said, you know what? That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to open a barbecue restaurant and bring people together around good food and eat. It's non-political, et cetera. And I laugh because I literally am opening my own barbecue restaurant in September. And then last week you see, or Monday, Mike, you see a barbecue owner in San Antonio being attacked on a hit list from the Castro brothers saying this barbecue owner gave money to Donald Trump. And I was like, well, now barbecue, you can't even do that in this country without possibly having someone come in and, you know, tear up your restaurant, vandalize your restaurant, attack you, possibly harm you or your family because you gave money to Donald Trump. This is the intolerant left that claims we're the tolerant party. It is absolutely a, a, a plan that they have done. They've adopted this strategy. It isn't what you're, I mean, you're, you're still thinking there's some, you know, redeeming aspect to it. I mean, Castro's last name, does, <laughs> he, he does it just. Well, you can't, here's what I'll say. You, yeah, you can't pick your last name, right? I mean, you, you literally can't pick your last name. Actually, I, I, I mean, he could change it, but you get my point. I don't care about that. That's, that's like the little stuff. What I'm saying is, is you have people like Castro who have forgotten that there are people that are human beings and that there should be a certain amount of respect for people regardless of what they disagree with you on, which is really policy issues and little things. There used to be the ability to have uh, to not have pure anger or want to seek and destroy people's lives, silence them, take away their livelihood, destroy their businesses, or have them fired. And now that's all we see now. That's it. That's what we see. Mike, I appreciate the phone call. one 381 1-877-381-3811. Let me go to Antonio, who's in El Paso, uh, where we have had so much news. Our thoughts and prayers are with your community. Uh, Antonio, uh, go ahead. Oh, thank you. I just wanted to reiterate everything that's been, that you just said, because it's really sickening to, to be in a community where this happens. I mean, I, my friend lost her brother in that, in that situation. And yes, I mean, we appreciate it, or at least I did. You know, appreciated the, the the commander in chief coming down and giving, you know, his support, and then to have people like O'Rourke, who's from this community, you know, do what he did, you know, say that we're still spreading hate, still that we're racist. It's like you can't say anything anymore. It's you, like can't, you can't. You can't even have a moment, uh, Antonio. And and hold on, because I think you bring a great point from El Paso. You you can't even have a moment. A moment anymore in this country when there's a shooting without the left saying we're gonna we're gonna expose this we're gonna we're gonna use this we're gonna utilize this to build hate and to build my campaign which is what the Castros did. Ben Ferguson filling in for Mark Levin, the great one. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. Evidence that the left is intolerant. Okay, I'll give you two quick examples of literally today. North Carolina State University, also known as NC State, their vice chancellor, Mike Mullen, 
has been forced to resign after referring to the Republican Party as the party of neo-Nazis and the KKK. The same people in Hollywood that come out after a shooting in El Paso to say, uh, you know, guns are evil and terrible. Well, guess what? They are hypocrites because almost all their movies have guns in them. Seth Rogen, you know, he's one of the left's favorite comics. Actually, can be funny sometimes. His new movie, The Hunt, has been canceled. He's now blaming Donald Trump and deplorables for it, saying, quote, it sucks when an evil world leader gets your movie canceled. I'll tell you why they really canceled the movie and what it was about. Coming up next on the Mark Levin Show, Ben Ferguson filling in. We'll be right back. When the going gets tough, a tough get. Mark Levin. Call him now at 877-381-3811. So if you want something to do this weekend, get Mark Levin's new book, Unfreedom of the Press, 12 Weeks on the Bestseller List, 5 Weeks at Number 1. It is a great book. Grab it. You can read it this weekend, and you'll be smarter when you go to work on Monday. Because, let's be honest, you're conservative if you're probably listening right now, and that means you have a job, and you work hard, so we can pay for a lot of other people that don't want to work. Because that's what America's turned into. Side note here. All right. I said earlier, you know, talking about the intolerance of the of the left. And that's kind of been part of the theme of the show tonight. Uh, and, and Mark Levin, by the way, will be back with you on Monday. He's under the weather today. And it's always an honor to fill in for Mark. So thanks for, for having me, Mark. I appreciate it. But the great one will be back with you on Monday. So we have these two shootings that happen. And, and people always, when I fill in for Mark, they say, well, you know, you, you're, you're not telling the truth. You're lying about the left being intolerant of your ideas. Okay. Let me give you an example. You want to know how crazy some on the left have become? Seth Rogen, who is a guy that actually can be really funny. I, I try to give credit to people that, hey, they don't have to agree with me on everything. He can actually be pretty funny. But I want you to think about this right now. This is just this is where Hollywood is. Hollywood makes billions of dollars in profits off of guns. They have violence in their movies. The same people that come out and demand gun control, the same people that say that if I have an AR-15, which I do, don't tell, the, don't tell anybody, but I have more than one. That I'm a terrible person. Uh, you know, if I like a semi-automatic weapon for hunting, that I don't really need it. You know, that's what they'll tell me. And, and who really needs more than one gun, right? I do. I have more than one gun. And I know. It's scary. The same people that tell me I can't have these guns, the same people that make billions of dollars making movies about people blowing people away with guns and tanks and bazookas and everything else. The same people that say we need to have less violence in this country and love each other. The same people that make billions of dollars playing figures that literally kill other people. Seth Rogen, great example. Just come out that his new movie, The Hunt, has been canceled. His quote is, because of course he's a victim, because he's a liberal. Sucks, I'm quoting, when an evil world leader referring to Donald Trump gets your movie canceled. No, your movie didn't get canceled because of Donald Trump. Your movie got canceled because you're a violent, horrible human being that advocated for killing Trump support, uh, supporters, also known as you refer to them and Hollywood does as deplorables. And you made a movie about killing us. Donald Trump did not get your movie canceled, you idiot. Seth Rogen sounded off on the recent cancellation of The Hunt, a film where liberals killed Trump-supporting deplorables for sport. 
claiming that Donald Trump got his movie canceled, saying, quote, it sucks when an evil world leader gets your movie canceled. The film, which reportedly featured liberal elites hunting and killing Trump supporters for sport, was canceled in the wake of the two mass shootings in El Paso, Texas and Dayton, Ohio. And after President Donald Trump called Hollywood racist and full of violence, which many of them are, and their movies are certainly filled with violence. Trump tweeted out on August the 9th, liberal Hollywood is is racist in the highest level and with great anger and hate. Trump wrote that on Twitter following the news of the hunt's release. The movie coming out is made in order to inflame and cause chaos. They create their own violence and then try to blame others. And he's right. Shortly afterwards, Universal canceled the film's release, explained they understood that, quote, now is not the right time to release this film. No, there's no time that's the right time to release this film. Universal should know that. This film is about killing people who support Trump because they support Trump. Let me say that again. This film is about killing people because they're conservative and believe in a good economy and lower taxes and a strong national defense and the Second Amendment and that we should protect the unborn children. That is what this movie was made about, taking people with those ideals and literally killing them for sport. Seth Rogen, whose North Korea-based comedy film The Interview was forced to go straight to home release after the North Korean regime threatened terrorist attacks against theaters showing it, said he felt sympathy with the film's producers. It sucks when an evil world leader gets your movie canceled. He told reporters at the premiere of his latest comedy, Good Boys. Rogan's thinly vowed swipe at President Trump appears to be a bit hypocritical given the actor's past comments about films of which he did not approve. For example, in 2015, Rogan compared Clint Eastwood's war drama American Sniper to a form of Nazi propaganda, despite the fact that it was actually based on the memoirs of the late Iraq War veteran Chris Kyle. So you put out an actual war movie about the actual war and a war hero, and because you're anti-war right at that point, you say that Clint Eastwood's war drama, American Sniper, is a form of Nazi propaganda. But you make a movie about liberal elites going around and killing Trump supporters for sport, and that's okay. This is the same person that's in favor, of course, of gun control, because you got to have gun control, right? I mean, you have to have gun control. That's a must. But let me make a movie about killing all of you. Yeah, let me make let me make that movie. Let me do that. I'll make that movie. One eight seven seven three eight one thirty eight eleven. One eight seven seven three eight one thirty eight eleven. Let me go to Jose in Chicago. Thanks for waiting. You're on the Mark Levin show. Ben Ferguson filling in. Hi. Hey, how you doing? Good, sir. How are you? I think you're a great host. I believe that you've been treated very unfairly the last couple of years. And um, I'm going to give you some, uh, I'm going to give you two examples. Well, actually, I'm going to give you the first example, if that's okay with you. Sure, go for it. 
So just on the simple fact, like, look what happened to Don Lemon. He basically sexually harassed a man. And all right, hold on, hold on, hold on, Jose. I, I, I'm very. I have to preach what I what I believe on this one. Okay, I, I there is. You are innocent in this country until you are proven guilty. There are people that have attacked me today. I have no idea about any of that, so I'm not even going to go there. I, that, I, I think it's important that we as conservatives be careful about truth and not just saying that someone's guilty of something because one person said something. Because my point is today, if you read the article about me and Media Matters, I'm a bigot, a racist, and I put things up there that were racist in context, even though clearly I didn't based on the timeline. I was criticizing people for doing it. So I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to go there. Terry, you are on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in. Hi. Hi, Ben. How are you doing tonight? Great doing show. Doing well. Thank you. Hey, so I'm going to get right to it. Listen, um, I listen to, you know, your, yourself and, and other talk show hosts. You know, I, I can't understand how you guys are saying, you know, live in fear for my family Maybe I've never had a death threat. I don't know. But I know that I would handle it like this. Nobody's going to threaten me or, or my family. I'm going to live my life. This guy, Castro, that's going around and, you know, saying, you know, trying to get these businesses shut down. Why are we not applauding him? Why are we not inviting him to all the cunt, all the cities so that I will know where to go shop at? And spend my money. Well, after. look, the good news is, is like this barbecue place in, in San Antonio. They're, they've had a line out the door around the building apparently like all week long, which means people rally behind them. It's the same thing that happened when liberals went after Chick-fil-A for actually being a Christian business. I mean, that is that is that is a good thing. But but the point of the list that Castro put out was to basically put this out. I mean, we're talking about this Bill Miller barbecue. OK. He put this out. He put out, I mean, some of the people that were on this list were literally just retirees, older people. Some of them were like older mothers, grandmothers. Think about that for a second. Older mothers and grandmothers who might live at home by themselves, who he just put out. And it only takes one crazy person to, to carry one of these attacks out, Terry. You get my point? I, I do, but I don't know why we're not, you know, using reverse psychology on, on these uh, liberals, you know. Well, we, we did, though. We did. I mean, the people that are conservatives in that community have rallied behind the businesses, right, to try to protect them. But but there's – and that's a good thing. It's a, it's a Chick-fil-A effect, right? But you're still missing the point about now you've got to look over your back forever. I mean, dude, I don't go anywhere. There, there's two things I've had to do. I don't go anywhere where I can't get access to my firearm and or quickly exit a situation. I always do that. Now, most people I know in this business do that as well. They never put themselves in a position where they could be cornered. I mean, I've had a drink thrown on my face when I'm sitting in my seat on an airplane. I had a guy threaten to kick my AWS after he saw me walking in the bathroom where we're at 35,000 feet. What do you do then, right? You, get my, you see what I'm saying? This is the intolerant left that claims to be tolerant. I see what you're saying, and I tell the guy to jump. You know, be be dumb and make that move. That's me. That maybe I'm wrong for being like that, but no. Look, dude, I'll, I'll tell you right now. I protect and defend myself. I'm not afraid to 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 protect myself. But when you're at thirty thousand feet in an airplane, 
you're a single grandmother who got who gave somebody to Donald Trump. You shouldn't have to be terrified that someone's going to come kick in your back door or drive by your house and shoot it. I don't know. I'm just. I know I'm not going to live my life in fear. Uh, I'm not. Dude, there's okay, Terry. Let me let me clarify something. I don't live my life in fear. Okay, that's not the point I was making tonight. I'm saying the fact that we have to look over our shoulder because of our political values, the fact that these private citizens in San Antonio uh, or area have to worry that someone's going to come after them or harm them or their family. You may be Terry, Mr. Billy Bade, right? But you can't be with your family 24-7. You got kids, you got a wife, you got family at home. You have no idea what could happen to them because of the list that was put out by the Castro brothers. That's why it's unacceptable behavior. That's why it should be condemned by the left. It should have been out of bounds. But you have presidential candidates defending these actions, liberals that defend these actions, of putting these lists out there. These lists that are put out there to destroy people's careers and lives just because someone has a different political viewpoint than them. Just like I talked about earlier for Media Matters. That's that's my point. I'll, I, leave, it, I'll leave it that with you. one 381 3811 one 381 3811 Let me go to uh, Doug in Indianapolis. You are on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in tonight. Hi. Hey, Ben. Good to talk to you. You, oh, sir, you as well, sir. I was telling call screener, I don't think the elitists in that movie would even know which end of the gun to point at us to, to try and shoot us. They're, they're morons. <laughs> I, I, wish that, I wish that was true. I, 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 I believe half of them wouldn't be able to. Well, I, I, look, it only takes – and the part about this movie is, is, the, is the, the hypocrisy aspect of this, too. I mean, Seth Rogen's a guy that's like an anti-gun dude, right? But then he has a, makes a movie – that's going to make millions of dollars that Hollywood sanctions a major movie house sanctions where the entire premise of the movie that Universal Studios greenlit and financed is a film about elitist liberals killing Trump supporters. And they and they say, oh, well, it's based in comedy, so it's okay. Can you imagine if we would have had that movie come out and when Obama was president? Gosh, we'd be ground to the ground. You'd have to go into hiding if you were an actor in that movie. You would never work again if you were in that movie. You would have to apologize. You would be a racist. You would be excommunicated from Hollywood if if even the script got out that you were thinking about doing that movie. Which, by the way, I would have condemned as well. Exactly. Thank you, Doug. 1-877-381-3811. one 381 Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one, Mark Levin. You can follow me on Facebook and Twitter, Ben Ferguson Show. Love to keep up with you there. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. Welcome back. It is Mark Glavin show. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one tonight. He'll be back with you on Monday. You know, it's funny. Beto O'Rourke tweeted out, uh, we must confront hate no matter where it is or how high it goes up. That means calling out this president, but it also means ensuring social media companies no longer allow, allow hate speech, which is code word for silencing conservatives like myself. Uh, I, I just want to remind Beto, you you know you're the guy that used to write fantasies about killing innocent people, right? Like, you do know that. He, he wants to, he wants 
social media companies to silence conservatives is what this is translating into. This is a guy that used to write fantasies about actually killing children. So please spare me the lecture, bro. Be intellectually honest and come out and just say, hey, I think Donald Trump should not be on Twitter. I think he shouldn't be on Facebook. And I think anybody that should be that, that is a Republican should be silenced from using social media platforms. That's what you're advocating for. You're advocating for a socialist idea where the government decides what speech is acceptable and what's not. Thank goodness you were not one of our founding fathers. This is all this is how they're going to try to silence us. And I want people to really understand this. I'm going to I'm going to go back through this. Again, this is Beto's own words. We must confront hate no matter where it is, how high up it goes. That means calling out this president, but it also means ensuring social media companies no longer allow hate speech to spread on their platforms. Hate speech is the new fake word for conservative. They are turning in everything that we say into speech that they have deemed unacceptable so they can then silence us from having a voice in America. That's what is being advocated for right here. This is exactly why the Castros went after the barbecue owner in San Antonio and and retirees and and grandmothers on this list who gave money to Donald Trump. What they want to do is they want to make you a target to the point where you feel uh, feel so unsafe that you will no longer stand up for what you believe in because it's not worth it. They're trying to hurt businesses to the point where a business owner will have to make a business decision that I cannot give money to a Republican candidate connected to me because if I do, I might lose business or I might get fired from my job. What Beto O'Rourke is saying is, is if you're not with us, then we are going to get Facebook in particular, Mark Zuckerberg, to do a far better job of ensuring, these are his words, that the platform does not become a gathering place and a platform for launching these kinds of attacks. So any school shooting, any shooting, any heinous shooting, any heinous crime, they are going to blame you and I as a conservative so that then we will be banned and our words will be banned. And one day you'll turn on the radio and no longer will you hear the Mark Levin show because it has been banned by the government. Liberals, of course, will say that's a conspiracy theory. No, I'm quoting Beto O'Rourke. It's fact. Look at his words. He is trying to shut down anyone who disagrees with him by using the government to do it for him. I am living proof that this is their plan to silence you. Look at what Media Matters has tried to do to me. Any one of you could be next. Any one of you small business owners could be next. I'm out of time. Been an honor filling in for the great one. I'll be back on Monday. Love to keep up with you on Facebook and Twitter. Ben Ferguson show there. Have a great night. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.